You are listening to Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. Right on, y'all. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the fusion between gospel, word consummation, and poetry. We, the poets, do solemnly promise to intentionally arouse your imagination, inspiration, and action. We, the poets, are willing to lay down our triumph and burdens and joy and anger, our artistry and befuddlement on paper, raw and uncut. We, the poets, surrender our pens to the Holy Spirit so that he may write, promising to move ourselves out of the way, foregoing the oohs and ahs for the audience, if this means a soul is procured for the kingdom. We, the poets, encased behind screens, laptops, phones, and earbuds, stand before you vulnerable as willing conduits, sharing how we got over, how it is to overcome, and sometimes how God is over us. We, the poets, take you, the listener, to be our family in Christ, to be held, to be held accountable from this day forward, for better or for worse, to pray in sickness and rejoice in health, According to God's instructions, we, the poets, therefore promise to be woke, informed, thorough, and studied, both now and forever. Amen. Ink and Pad family, thank you so much for tuning in again. This is episode four. Lord, we started from the mic, now we here, baby. I have with me today one of the dopest people. I call her my person. I love her so much. Um, she is a wife, she is a mom, she is a chef, she is a media specialist at our church, and that's her pandemic skill, and she excelled very well. She is a praise dancer, Greater Zion Dance Company, ran by Deacon Michael Tomlin of Alpha Phi Zion Christian Fraternity Incorporated. She is a choreographer, and she is a poet spoken word artists, ladies and gentlemen, poets from hither and yon, please welcome Vanessa G. <laughs> welcome, lady. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I am stoked to have you here. Our schedules kept clashing. I was like, Lord, please Ooh. let me get her. <laughs> Yeah, so I am excited to have you here. How was your day? Good. Busy like always. Understood. <laughs> Girl, I watch you zipping around the church and you like hither and yon. You doing this and you wrapping this up and you do. I'm like, okay, Miss Ma'am. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to kick this off. What made you fall in love with poetry? So I am the oldest of 11. And my grandpa and my grandmother raised us in a house full of everybody. So everybody mm. wants their voice to be heard. Everybody wants to be special in their own way. Mm -hmm. And for me, poetry was the only way for me to be me. That's I have sisters that sing. I have brothers that can do this and that. Just poetry was me. It made me me. Girl, you know it's a black family, honey. Everybody will be in every nook and cranny of the house. Like, okay, you sleep over here, Jehoshaphat, and Tay-Tay, you sleep right here. Go on, make a pallet on that couch. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> we did it, too. So when was your first time on the mic? My first time on the mic <laughs> was when you... Oh, who, me? And Deacon Danny... Me? Had me go up there to do, po no, first I went up there to do a welcome for our red carpet special. Mm -hmm. And then you two decided it was time and I was ready. 
Oh, we we forced you. Good luck, he did. Okay, look, y'all, listen. I heard it in her before I even heard her poetry. And I was like, mm-mm, no, ma'am. We gonna keep working on you. And Danny had already told me that she was a undercover poet. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And, and I don't know why I like to pull out the quiet people, but I come for the quiet people. You do. I- That's true. <laughs> and... No. <laughs> I start. I just kept coming after her and coming after her till she finally showed up at a meeting, and I was like, "Yes!" So, and I would not let her slide to the back. I'm like, "No, ma'am." And now, listen, she, honey, we call her the throat cutter up there because she she come for people's on the mic, but it's not a come for you like, "Oh, you a sucker, you a da 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 da." It mm-hmm. is. She digs into the word. And she crafts her word to where she, you sitting there feeling like, okay, she just did surgery on my neck. And it I makes gotta, you think, like, yeah. was your walk really your walk or was you edifying your walk to conduce whatever you was doing in life? Like, cause if it can, if I'm reading it and it's making me feel like, Ooh, wait, mm-hmm. I know if I'm feeling that way and I'm reading it, I know other people are like, okay, I know you coming for me, Lord, but. I'm going to act like you didn't. So the poetry is like, I came for you. I need you to do the same thing. What I told you exactly is what I need to tell you. Because when everyone's like, Vanessa, you coming for people? It's not me. Trust me. Half the time, I want to give y'all a fluff piece and sit down. (laughs) But But the Lord be like, no. But see, that's how I know that you're in the vein of Christ and you are that you are truly listening to the Lord when your pieces come because some of the pieces and I see it in your face sometimes I'm like oh she do not want to do that piece and you'll be just as nervous <laughs> no like, Ooh. I don't want to do but it but I get it though what how you think that occurred like your niche you carved your niche in the poetry scene is that was that a conscious decision was that so honestly when I was younger um I was called to preach mm. I, I was called to preach and I just never felt like that was for me. And my grandfather, you know, the way he taught us is read the Bible. And if the Lord is telling you that's convicting you, he needs, he needs you to tell other people. Cause it's probably not just you that needs to hear it. Mm. It's someone else. Yeah. And when it came to poetry, cause I just didn't feel like preaching was for me. <laughs> when it came to poetry, it was just the same thing. It was more of a, my grandfather's teaching of, I can't, if the Lord is telling me something, it's not just for me. Yeah. Everything that he tells me is not just for me because there might be someone else just like me yeah. that's dealing with it and they need to hear it. Yeah. And so that's how I do it. I just be like, Lord, <laughs> this is what you want me to say. You know I don't want to say it. You know I don't want to tell my business. You know I don't want people to think I'm just someone that's always coming for throats. Mm-hmm. But you told me to say this and I'm grateful that you even gave me a voice to say this in the first place. That's what's up. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. Cause there are times where I got pieces and I'm like, I don't want to talk about this Jesus, but you feel that nudge and he, it won't let you go. Exactly. It will let you go. I walk off that stage where I'm like, Oh, can you be done with me though? Right. (laughs) And I was telling Dakota last episode that, you know, I used to trip out after we have a whole praise break doing a poetry 
showcase. And I'm like, who does Does that? that? Us? Us? Because by the time that piece comes out, we've had something in us heal. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting goosebumps now. You know what I'm saying? It's like we've had something in us heal, something clicked, something resolved. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like what I had to go through to read that poem... I'm coming off the stage. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what, especially with poetry in the church, you know, and I love the poetry scene, period. But what God is doing in the church with poetry is oh, like, come what? on up. That's cool. So maybe that was your call to preach through poetry. You know, who knows? Because, you know, the the word of the Lord came up through the pulpit last week. Was it last week or week before last where, you know, being a poet is like being an evangelist. You know what I'm saying? It's just we're using the art form of poetry. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Lord, I don't know about all that. I ain't nobody minister or nothing. But (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But we still carry that responsibility. You know what I'm saying? And I want to submit to the audience who's listening Even if you're not spitting poetry in church, you carry a responsibility for the words that you spit across that mic, the words that you lay out on that page. You have a responsibility and take it seriously. This ain't just for kicks and giggles. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm very passionate about if you're going to do poetry, do poetry, period. Be willing to learn your craft at all times. I'm going to tell you right quick before I get to my next question for you. I got a little bougie just for a hot second, for a hot minute after I got my master's in creative writing, mm-hmm. specializing in poetry. I was like, I don't need to go to nobody else's class. I'm good. I just spent all this money, you know, patting my head. I just spent all this money. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. But the Lord started dealing with me on that. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah, yeah. if you think this is the end of it and you ain't got nothing else to learn, yeah. you sorely mistaken. You know what I'm saying? So I had to submit myself back to learning. I'm very choosy about what I learn and from whom I learn. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Course. And that's not on some elite type stuff. It's just on some. But that even goes back to yeah. even being a Christian in church. Not, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we love our pastor, but mm-hmm. I can't see myself sitting under someone else. And mm-hmm. even before then, I, like I said, I've been a church girl all my life mm-hmm. and I sat under so many good pastors Uh but what drew me to greater zion a lot of people feel like it was my husband and what actually it was pastor sermon Uh because at the time you remember which one it was i can't on the Uh top of my head Uh but at the time i'm so used to these older men Uh preaching to me Uh and it was like finally there's a pastor that preached like to me to where I understand not preaching at me to where I, you make me feel like I have to get everything correct by your standard. Right. This is, I, I, and that's even with poetry. It's like, I didn't mind learning from you or Danny. Cause it was like, at the same time, I knew you guys were in the guidance of God mm-hmm. and that you were going to do what's best for me. Like, even if y'all were teaching me the specific things, mm-hmm. you still was catering to me as a person. To God be the glory. And y'all weren't telling me, no, this is what poetry needs to be and this is how you need to be. You still gave me a space to figure it out and learn on my own. And that's what God did to us anyway. Right. He he never told us, no, you're going to be this way. Da, da, da. He gives us the opportunity yeah, 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 to yeah. learn. Yeah. So, yeah, all the time he gives, he gives us the opportunity to learn. Come on, Nuggets. Who's your favorite poet? Okay, so honestly, of course it's Maya. Mm-hmm. 
But to be honest with you, when it comes down to like poetry, I ain't gonna lie. I go to rappers because they are poets. But you know what? That's legit though. They are poets. And so one of my biggest rappers is Eve. I'm not gonna lie. Queen Latifah, of course. Like those, to me, they're poets. Yeah. They're and you know the big bars. thing amongst rappers are I, I wrote my own bars. Ain't nobody writing for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And it's like that's how it is with a poet. You better not come shoving me a piece of paper. Read this, baby. Mm-mm. No, ma'am, no, sir. I, I'll do a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a whole tribute if I have to. Even now, like um, one rapper, I like he's not even like mainstream. Everyone doesn't know him like that. But like Joyness Lucas. I love him. His bars are mm-hmm. spot on, like something like. And you know, but that's legit though, because when you listen to rappers who are really saying something, not these mush mouth rappers. Exactly. I ain't calling nobody out, but but listen. I gotta understand what you're saying first. Listen, I'm just saying. You know, and <laughs> I, I could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. <laughs> I'm but saying. I gotta learn. You know, what I'm gonna keep cute, but. There are rappers who, when you break down their lyrics, it is metaphors, it is similes, it is hyperbole, exactly. it is stanzas. I'm sure they wrote it. You know, their page, when they, because I've seen rappers, like their notebooks, it looked like a whole spoken word notebook. You it know does, what I'm saying? Because everywhere, I, I spoken word notebooks be looking mad yeah. crazy. That's a nice twist in perspective. That's what I love about poets. We we look at stuff that everybody else looking straight ahead and like 90 degrees. We didn't went under the thing like, oh, that little nugget is interesting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what's up. So so if we're going in that vein, my favorite rappers for poetic inspiration were Tupac. That was he I believe had he lived. Ooh. He would have been, because, you know, he passed away right when the spoken word scene was, like, like really blowing up. Yeah. He, Death Poetry Jam, I'd have been right in the TV, like, Kai Tana, <laughs> move back from that TV. Mm-mm. Tupac, low-key Eminem. Oh, Eminem is my, I don't care. Listen. Look, people listen. can say what they want. He black in my eye. I don't <laughs> care what no You know saying. somebody black in your family. Somebody black. Damn. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna put it out there. So. I'm, I'm just really thinking on that. Like, wow, that's a nice perspective. I'm just, that's how I see it. Uh, for me, yeah. rappers are poets. Quick, even though he was hood, DJ Quick. Oh yeah. Oh, even yeah. though he was hood, it's all get out. <laughs> But that's the thing, he, though. Mm. Even though he was, it was his real stuff. It wasn't. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like it was. It was what we do as poets. We talk about what we really we our talk about own stuff. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. He was talking about his real hood stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Ice Cube. Yep. You know, today was a good day. It's like a day in L.A. Like <laughs> anybody who's been to L.A. is like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, you feeling down, you feeling like, you feeling like a good spring day in L.A., what you could know? Today was, was a, a good, good day. day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's, I love that perspective. I love that. So that says that poetry can be found anywhere. Yep. Period. Period. Point blank. Speaking of finding poetry, <laughs> will you share something with us, ma'am? Okay. 
This piece is called A Note to Self. Mm. You're loved. You're beautiful. You're unique. You've been through storms most women would have died in. No one like you, and that is why those that find you are foolish to let you go. God made you to be you, flaws and all. Be who God called you to be. Others may be normal. Others may be named Vanessa. But you are Vanessa, and no one can copy you. Queen, wear your crown, and wear it colorfully, loud, and proud. Love always. So. That's what's up. What inspired that piece? Um, so this was actually top of the dome mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe an hour ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just a conjunction of the piece I've done on Sunday called My Voice. Right now, most of my pieces are more self-love and self-reflecting mm-hmm. on me and making sure that the person that he called me to be, I'm becoming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how it is. I pretty much said in when we did the 24-hour prayer mm-hmm. that I told the Lord, yes, he can use me. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a lot of times I downgrade myself. Mm-hmm. for everyone else around me mm-hmm. and he has made it known that it's no more of that <laughs> isn't that the plight of a creative though we tend to do that a lot oh yes you know we will dummy ourselves down just so everybody else can feel comfortable baby listen when i tell you i'm done done i'm done <laughs> i mean you know i've been done. but i'm excited for you though because the last few times i've seen you i've seen the shift you know what yeah. i'm saying and I'm like, girl, what you so happy about today? I'm just happy being me. I'm like, but that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just looking at her, staring at her all being the weirdo and cringy. Like, look I, at her. Look at her. She's grinning and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I've seen the shift. And I just want to encourage you to continue on that trajectory. Continue to let God evolve you into the best person, the best version of you there is. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we've had some conversations and I'm like, Vanessa, I was just telling someone um, Sunday, I was like, Vanessa is so dope. Oh my God, I love her. So, (laughs) you know, and so every time, every time they're like, okay, who's your admin staff for DLD? I'm like, oh, Vanessa's my person. Your person. Um, yeah, she's my person. person. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't know. It's just affectionately, that's what I call you, you know? So thank you for sharing that piece. I actually have a piece tinkering in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I I, kinda, I almost talked myself out of it. Why would you do that? <laughs> Girl. You know I'm going to stop you anyway. So why I would know. you I, do I'm, that? Because it, for me, for whatever reason, well, I know what it was. It's nothing but the enemy. It mm-hmm. felt pious, you know what I'm saying? And the bars and the words that was hitting, I was like, ooh, that's cocky. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to write it just because. You need to write it. Just because. Because I'm not going to lie, I have a cocky piece, and I can't wait to do that one. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Go it. Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna do and I'm going to insert that piece, my voice, um, after this interview. So, you guys, you will get that after um, this interview wraps up because it's dope, you know, and I recorded it when she did it at church and it's like, yes, Vanessa! So, awesome. Yes. 
Well, we are coming to an end for this interview. My last question for you is what has poetry taught you? Poetry has taught me that I am awesome. No, but what I mean is like it taught me that my voice matters. Mm -hmm. It taught me that um, there are people that really love me mm-hmm. in all my... And I'm so glad you recognized that. Lord all my mercy. uniqueness, even from being your person to just... Even people coming up to me and telling me like that poem I did, my voice was dope. Or even when someone came up to me and was like, I really needed to hear mm-hmm. that poem. Poetry has taught me that God didn't make a mistake when he made me. And he definitely wants me to be heard. I was meant to be heard in whatever aspect that may be. And, you know, I need to use my voice and do it. For sure. For sure. You have a, do you have a word for our poets in that vein? What I have to say is people might think you're strange. People might think you weird. You are not. You are perfect the way you are. Your uniqueness might be weird to them, but there might be someone that you might not never see that needed to hear it. I mean, the people that I've reached, I would never thought I would have been able to reach them if I kept being confined in what everyone else told me to be. And your poeming always got to rhyme and your poeming always got to be an A, B, A, B, A, B. Do you? <laughs> Trust me. Do And if it's coming from throats, oh, them throats need to be cut. Do it. <laughs> And we heal them back together in Jesus' name yes. with a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. Thank you so much, Vanessa. You're so welcome. I love me some you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Vanessa G. <sighs> this is Paula Sordor, and you're listening to Ink and Pad, Poetry for the People on RML Radio, where real music lives. Listen and be inspired. I'm Vanessa. Tell me you know that. For those of you who don't, I am part of Descendants of David. How many of you have ever thought or said to yourself, I know you hear me, but are you listening? And if some of you are like, I ain't got that problem, great. Maybe if you start quieting your mouth, the person next to you, you can hear. Well. So this poem is called My Voice. Come on, voice. For years, I have diagnosed myself with spiritual laryngitis. Mm. Weird, because you all can hear me just fine, right? You're too loud. Why are you yelling? Girls are to be seen, not heard. What are you talking about? If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. Huh? Well. See, those phrases have been spiked ropes wrapped around my vocal cords, restricting my lyrics from producing my voice within. I have muffled disagreements, sugar-coated conversations, Uh strangled out even the slightest intimate noise, so I'm not portrayed as the bad guy or Better yet, crazy. All right, Vanessa. See, I pushed my voice so far in my back of my mind that that Brandy Cinderella, my own little corner, has been her theme song. See, this tired sound box rested 
in your segregated ego section, you yell this female's voice never belongs. Conceal, don't feel. Maybe my reflection will show them who I really am. Your welcome friendships I happily took. You know, it's better to have friends than be alone, right? Not understanding that while I'm applauding your performance, you're plagiarizing my words. But did I bring honor to my voice? <laughs> Pop goes that bubble. See, those friends were looking to be shiny and nothing more, clawing at my throat using every word I say. So broken, I dove deep about to sign my name on this contract, giving you all my vocal rights. You thinking that my voice was starting to fade and leave an empty shell. Nah, I'm Vanessa and I will be heard. Yes, I am far from perfect, but my voice matters. No more downgrading my speech while you frolic in the flowers and I stay shattered, ha, and no. I am not downgrading my intelligence to be seen as stupid or mute. Okay. Listen. I'm helping others' lives shine while dimming mine. He says I never install blue. I never install dimmers to your blueprint. So no, it's no more. Not at all. To to be honest with you, I am loud. My octave is out of this world, made to reach my heavenly father's ears and triple the very being of Satan. All right. So, as you hear my voice, understand, I'm not apologizing anymore that the girth in my voice intimidates your narcissistic manipulation labeling oh, as wow. And wait, let me stop those of you looking for the Vanessa before are putting up missing posters, are responding like Queen Catherine on rain. I miss the girl you were. My response like Mary, many will. She was easier to kill. And understand that even now, the cracks in my voice are not some foreshadowing prediction that my voice is fading. Ha ha, no. It is to let you know that in his power, that he rose up. The sp my spirit ignites when I visualize my God on that cross. Nails in his hands and feet. My sound ignites every time I visualize my God standing on that cross for me. Turning up my own reverb because they hung him high and stretched yeah. him high. And my cry is because for me, he died. But that is not where the sound of my trumpet ends because on the third day, he got up. Go, poet! Power to remind me that the depression and anxiety will not abide in me. So understand that this warrior's war cry to notify the demons of this world like the who and who bill. I am here. Oh, and I am not going anywhere. So, I'll finish this poem with a statement and a question. Did he give you a voice? Did he give you a voice? Then use it. Because I finally am. Thank you, Vanessa, for stopping by Ink and Pad today. I enjoyed your visit, and I hope we can talk again soon. Before we wrap this up, the poem at the beginning of this episode is called The Poetic Preamble. And I happened to be going through my poetry, and 
you know, just to see what I would share with you guys for today. And saw it in one of my notebooks. I'm like, huh, this would be cool for, you know, the opening. So the poetic preamble. Before we go, poetry fun fact time. Here's something funny. The word unfriend first appeared in a 2075 medieval poem titled Brute by Layman. Coincidentally, this is also the same poem in which the word muggle appears. Instead of social media setting trends back then, they were setting trends in poems. <laughs> this fact was derived from factretriever.com. Just a cute fun fact. And then our poetry book suggestion for the episode is Anything by Maya Angelou. Three of her books that you can look into is The Heart of a Woman by Maya Angelou, The Complete Collective Poems of Maya Angelou, and Letter to My Daughter by Maya Angelou. I chose the books for Maya Angelou because Maya Angelou was sexually assaulted when she was a young child. And although the man spent time in jail, he ended up getting killed. And she felt like she was the reason he got killed. So she didn't speak again for six years until she was 13, one of the greatest poets of our time. So anything by Maya Angelou would be great to read as inspiration for this episode for having your voice heard. Okay, Ink and Pad family. I love you. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your time, your love, and your investment into this podcast. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye for now.